As the name states, the word revival, simply put, is when something is revived. But what exactly? In terms of faith, theologian and preacher Jonathan Edwards once said that revival is the acceleration and intensification of the normal work of the Holy Spirit. We think people and places are shaped by such moves. So today we are discussing Southern revivals. I'm Lainey. And I'm Laura Beth. And we are Steel Magnolias. The strength of steel with the grace of a magnolia. We are here to have uplifting conversations about life in the South. And we've got plenty of room at our table. So pull up a chair. Well, in a sense, I've been waiting for this topic to come up for a while. However, it actually was not on our content calendar until the recent national activity that's been happening at Asbury University, which if you haven't heard about, just wait for that. So (laughs) I love talking about this kind of stuff. Me too. I actually went on a quest 10 years ago here in Franklin, Tennessee, where we live, to uncover some of the spiritual heritage of our city and found that there were three documented revivals that happened here. But I'll get to more of that later. So, Lainey, I think first, before we start diving into some revivals that have had impact here in the South, like, how do you even know if it's revival? Or I'm saying that as a very broad question, not that you have a clear-cut answer, but like, what 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 should we be looking for or what what were they looking for what kind of made it i don't know like what well i think that theologically yeah <laughs> there is a distinction that needs to be made when before you even go into a subject like this and that is the omnipresence of God versus the manifest presence of God. I don't have specific definitions written out on those, but I can explain it. Okay. God's omnipresence is that he is everywhere. He's everywhere all the time. Okay. So you think about in the Psalms when David talks about, you know, if I'm in the, if I go to the depths, you're with me. Okay, yes, yes, yeah. You know, there's so many scriptures that point to that he is with us all the time. Yeah, comforting to a lot of people, scary to others. That's true. You know, that's true. You really can't hide. But yes, that's right. He He knows all, but he is everywhere. Yeah. And so that is omnipresence is the being everywhere. The manifest presence is, if you think about something manifesting, it's showing itself. Yes, it's shows up. Yes. It shows up. Yeah. So the manifest presence of God is a little different in that, yes, he's everywhere all the time, but sometimes he shows himself. Yes. Okay. More visibly. Yes. Or so I think about, gosh, there's so many stories, but I think about like the cloud pillar that took the Israelites, you know, through by the day and fire by night, where they followed that cloud or fire. Yes. That is God showing his manifest presence. Good example. In a unique way. Yes. Or I think about in the book of Daniel, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Mm -hmm. are thrown into that fiery furnace. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, 
Nebuchadnezzar says, how many people did we throw in there? I see four men. Yeah. In the because G, they most theologians believe that was Jesus as the fourth as the fourth yeah. man in there with them. Yeah. So that is a manifest which he saved them. They came out presence. alive, not even That's smelling right. like smoke. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that is when there's something visible or okay. It's not even always visible though, but showing itself. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Almost like a concentrated Jesus. Like he's right. I can definitely tell he's right here. Yeah. Like, and and then the from, ultimate story is Pentecost in Acts. Yeah. When, you know, there's languages coming out and fire on their head. And like, yeah. literally people thought, are they drunk or what's going on? Yes. Because yes. there's something visibly happening. Yes. This manifest. Yes. Out, way outside of the norm. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of, I just wanted to make that distinction. That's really good. Because yeah. yes, God is everywhere. He's in every church service. He's in every worship gathering but sometimes he's showing himself a little differently yeah yeah, so that was the distinction I wanted to make there that's really good well I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go a little bit in order if not perfectly in order just from some of the ones that you know are documented who knows where revival has been that's not been documented right right? some youth camp and yeah I mean there's been revivals all over yeah but these are documented ones. Exactly. <laughs> so we quoted Jonathan Edwards in our intro, and he was alive and played an in- integral part during what's called the first Great Awakening, or just sometimes called the Great Awakening, which was a period when uh, basically spirituality and religious devotion were revived, just like the word says. So this was 1730s and 1740s. And at that time, there was a big turn towards enlightenment as yeah. a form of religion that people had started to devote themselves to. So obviously, there was a lot to be revived uh, that counters that if, you know, if this great awakening starts to well up. But... <laughs> I just was thinking, boy, doesn't that sound familiar? Oh my gosh, I was, I'm smiling because I'm thinking like, well, that's today. So the reason I'm mentioning this isn't because it happened solely in the South, but it happened amongst the 13 colonies and they were, well, let me, let me just name those off real quick, do a little history class. So that's (laughs) Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey, Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. So those are the 13 I'm talking about when I'm talking about this time period. And they, all of those colonies were very religiously divided. So most of New England. Again, just like today. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I know. Most of New England belonged to congregational churches. Those middle colonies were made up of a lot of Lutherans, Anglicans, Quakers, Baptists, Presbyterians. And then the um, southern colonies were mostly members of the Anglican Church. But there were also many Baptists, Presbyterians, and Quakers. So basically the stage was set for a renewal of faith based on all the division that had happened or was happening and then this turning towards like kind of a secular enlightenment as a religion. And so in the late 1720s, 
a revival began to take root as different preachers shifted to the importance of scripture, faith, and the grace of God. Those were kind of the three. Okay. Not that those hadn't ever been a part of the Christian faith, but those were sort of sort of stake in the ground yeah. that they were trying yeah. to, to lay out. And so it lasted about 20 years. And then there was another revival, if you will, or awakening, the second great awakening. So I, we haven't really defined awakening, but that's even sometimes used in the same sense as revival, right? It is. And I don't know that I can make a great distinction, but I think awakening, you think of like um, a, a moment of becoming suddenly aware of something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. wait, I never knew that. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, wake up to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Whereas um, revival in my mind mm-hmm. is a little bit more... Um, longer lasting this is just laney's definition yeah a little bit longer lasting and that the fruit of what happens in the person is longer lasting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's not just having a i mean often with these moves i believe there's a, a a real mark of repentance where somebody's realizing their sin and recognizing it and repenting of it or asking just for forgiveness basically right not just yeah but like but feeling more than an i'm sorry feeling kind of that weight of now i'm gonna turn and go a different way yeah yeah so i think for me awakening i think of like that you're having that oh wow moment okay i can that's a great yeah and a revival to me is more like longer lasting and mm-hmm. I want to see fruit of change I like that yeah that's just yeah what I would say I would I, I would agree with that well in the 1790s there was another religious revival I don't really like the word religious but yeah, I think I you guys know what I mean <laughs> when I say that which became known as the second great awakening it began in New England and led to the founding of a lot of very familiar colleges came out of the Second Great Awakening, Princeton, Rutgers, Brown, and Dartmouth. Isn't that wild to think that they were like missionary schools? Yes. Because they were. Yeah. That was their what they wanted to do. Exactly. Send people out. Yeah. So here in the South, again, this is during the Second Great Awakening, there was the Cane Ridge Revival. Now, the Cane Ridge Revival was a large camp meeting, if you will. That was kind of the way that we Southern folk described it. <laughs> or tent revival. Tent revival. That's I mean, what I think I feel of. like tent revival is um, almost synonymous with, with the South. The South wow. In a lot of, you see it depicted in movies. I'm thinking even recently of that Elvis oh, movie. True. There was a tent revival where he, he walked in and had a very um, moving experience and yeah, anyway, you see tent revivals in especially in anything in the south. But um this was from August 6th to the 13th or 14th of 1801. Now, this Cane Ridge revival has been described as the largest and most famous camp meeting of this second great awakening. Okay. So, it was based at the um area near Bourbon County really kind of yeah yeah near there and it drew 10 and 20,000 people 
Okay, y'all, just think about that. In 18, one gathering. 1801. Okay, wow. so if you've thought about, if you've watched any of the, you know, different people flocking to this Asbury revival, think about that they had modes of transportation. These yeah, people and that was 50,000 is the number I had heard. Okay. Over what, two weeks? You're talking about 10,000 yeah. or 20,000. In six or seven days. On horseback or yeah. however they got there. Now, it wasn't 20,000 at one time, but oh, okay. it was throughout the week. Okay. You know, so it could have been 10,000 mm-hmm. at one time. Wow. It was nearly 10% of the recorded population of Kentucky in wow. 1800. That's cool. So during that meeting, multiple ministers would preach at the same time in different locations. Again, think about technology like there's no, you know, streaming. Yeah. (laughs) There's not even a sound system. Um. You know, so they were using, like, they'd stand up on wagons Just or like Jesus stumps. had to do, yes, right? Yes, Yeah, imagine the, the feeding <laughs> of the 5,000 sermon. So, um, yeah, so that was probably one of the most famous in, in the South was that Cambridge revival. And it, it really spun right into what many call a third great awakening, which was a span from the late 1850s to the early 20th century. Okay. And this time period had a major effect on our area in Middle Tennessee, which is funny because you kind of think of like things have now traveled down a lot. If you imagine like a lot of this starting in New England, it really is all starting to trickle down. But we, um, we have a very famous auditorium here that many, many musicians covet to play called the Ryman Auditorium. They even nicknamed it the Mother Church. Yes. Um, many call it just the Ryman. But it's, I mean, it is one of the most well-known performance venues in music. And yeah, as you just mentioned, it's the the Mother Church of country music. It's the birthplace of bluegrass. It's the original home to the Grand Ole Opry. Countless people, you know, point back to their career being you know, changed in, at that on that stage, or you know, birthed on that stage. But so. it's full of pews, and why is it full of pews, Laura Beth? So <laughs> the it only exists thanks to a man by the name of Thomas Ryman. He was a sea captain who was in the Nashville area in the 1800s, and after he attended a tent revival, so. Don't picture that this wasn't in the Ryman, right, right? Right. So this was the area of the Ryman, but tent structure. Um, there was a very charismatic leader and evangelist named Sam Jones. So he was preaching, and Ryman felt called to dedicate his fortune to building a church in the city. Now, Tom did not show up to the tent ri- revival and surrender to Jesus. No. I always think that's interesting, too, is oftentimes people come to see what's happening without coming for the right reasons. Yeah, I think he probably came to mock him or, and may have openly done that. I don't know. Okay. I wasn't there. I wish I was. (laughs) I would love to see some of how this stuff went down. But, you know, as we mentioned, tent revivals went on for several days. So it wasn't just one instance where he saw the goings on of this revival. So... At some point, he eventually heard truth, 
that he accepted and he turned away from his life of gambling and drinking and I mean imagine everything stereotypically that you think a sea captain for sure might have yeah. as his personality and characteristics <laughs> that was Tom Ryman so the Ryman was actually named the Union Gospel Tabernacle I love that once the structure was built it opened its doors in 1892 the church hosted services by Sam Jones and other preachers, as well as just community events. But when Tom Ryman died in 1904, that's when the church was renamed Ryman Auditorium in his honor. He did not want that while he was living. He didn't want that credit. So that's the Ryman. And even here in Franklin, around this time period, we were being affected greatly. We have three documented revivals, 1832, 1867, and 1895. And for us here in Franklin, 1895 was a time where, kind of like the what Sam Jones would have been preaching up in Nashville, this message of sanctification was really being... Um, honed in on and they call it the holiness movement yeah it was happening among baptists presbyterians campbellites if you're familiar with um campbellites cumberland presbyterian which led to church of christ exactly yes and you know a lot of the things that i love to read about this time period were like what changed Mm. and one of the quotes that i saw was people were saying that of the people of Franklin, they went from this state of uh, cold religion or formality to joy. Mm. And I'm like, who doesn't want that? That's right. The gospel, it's supposed to be good news. We should be very joyful. (laughs) So we also here had a 2000 seat tabernacle built right in the heart of our downtown area. And it doesn't stand any longer today, but it came out of that's that, so cool. That time period as well. And then in 1906, a Southerner named William Seymour moved from Mississippi to California and started preaching to a small group of people in a building on Azusa Street and birthed what you would call a Pentecostal movement. For sure. Known as the Azusa Street Revival. And it just kind of went into all hippies, all Jesus <laughs> movement. There's a even, lot was birthed out yeah, of that. and. Yeah the timing of this movie that's coming out right oh called the goodness. jesus revolution i cannot wait to see it this weekend it comes it'll be coming out yeah so as we record so when it this releases it will already it be will in be theaters yeah. yeah um but yeah it tells some of the story of a piece of that yes yeah um, yeah the the very uh tightly wound pastor chuck smith that began to embrace the hippies and what a transformation that was for him and yeah 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 um and just side note i saw kelsey Grammer interviewed on good morning america and he was weeping i saw him on um what's i almost said regis and kathy lee wow i think it was kelly good morning america, um, or maybe kelly rippa and ryan seacrest okay <laughs> I wow. mean, yeah, so he was clearly touched. Like they showed a the clip. Role. Yeah, they showed a clip. Is that the one? They showed a clip from the movie and when they cut back they He's like his teared first up. question, he was yeah. already choked up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So good. Wow. I can't wait to see it. Well After Azusa Street was Well, there was one um that I didn't know if you would 
having your notes, so I jotted down a little information on the Brownsville Revival. So this was from 1995 to 2000. Golly, that's like not that long ago. So recent. That's definitely recent. And that was in Pensacola, Florida, mm-hmm. at the Brownsville Assembly of God. So this was much. It was a Pentecostal revival. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's believed, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> so <laughs> you take that for whatever you want, um, that four million people are reported to have attended d- over that five-year or six-year period. Wow. it's a lot of people. That is. Um, characteristics of that revival movement were... Um, Acts of repentance by parishioners, a call to holiness inspired by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So, again, you often see repentance and holiness being a part of these moves. exactly. Exactly. Um, And as the revival progressed, the testimonies of people receiving salvation were joined by testimonies of supernatural healing. So there was quite a bit of that, Mm -hmm. stories of that going Mm -hmm. on. Um. I didn't didn't personally know anybody that I don't think I knew anybody that went down for that one. I, Maybe I, I did. I bet you we know somebody. Probably we did. Yes. But there is a pastor here in Franklin by the name of Lyndall Cooley. Oh yeah. And he was the Brownsville worship director. Oh like, right. He was right. the director yes. of that. And so now he pastors a church here in Franklin. Grace so church here in Franklin. He would yeah. be interesting to talk to about he that would. revival. Yeah. That's funny you even mentioned that because I have in my notes I wish I could go back and interview people that have lived through these like Like, what did it feel like? Were you thinking about Jesus and God all the time during the, like, were you at the grocery store? Were you pumping gas? Like, was it just like everything? Like, everything all the time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or was it just like, no, it just felt normal. And it just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a great question. Which brings us to Asbury. Yeah. So right here in Wilmore, Kentucky, in early February, a chapel service of students turned into days upon days of students staying, not wanting to leave, lingering, uh, worship, simplified worship and prayer, not even like exuberant teachings, just pretty simple, stripped down prayer and worship. And then outside people from other places started coming, other states, other countries. Unbelievable. Just coming to And it's kind of like see in the be. middle of nowhere in the sense of it's not like you would just pop off the interstate yeah. to get there. Like, Is Lexington the closest larger city? city? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, in these revivals we've discussed thus far, we've mentioned that it was being preached or things that were being preached, you know, that brought the heat, so to say. But I think for this move, I haven't been myself. Though we've known several people that have. Exactly. But from what I've live streamed and what I've been reading, it feels like it's love and repentance. And just as the, you know, because yes. if we were to put stakes in yes. the ground of things yes. that seem to be. So, and again, just repentance, meaning just asking for forgiveness for the weight that you're feeling yep. for those sins. And repentance is such a downer word. That's why I just want to like continue It is, to... but it's the key to everything good. Exactly. So I hate that it gets a bad vibe because in my experience and in my experience of watching others, that is the door that opens all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness mm-hmm. and repentance. Right. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's always shied away from. I know. 
So we had so many people in my Facebook feed went. So many people. I mean, it was any given time I could open Facebook and somebody was And I was, was there. amazed that it was for me and my friend group. All different types of people. Me too. It was age group, all different age groups, all different denominational backgrounds. Um, I loved that. Yeah, because I think, you know, as you're listening to this, people are probably going, I know a person that would like this. I know Uh a person that would be into this or that probably would go. So there are people that we think of like the usual suspects (laughs) that just love and, and chase that kind of stuff or want it. But there was something, like you're saying, mm-hmm. different in the attraction yeah. that the different people had can, Because this. you used the word chase, can I just go there for a second? Sure. And then we'll get back to your mm-hmm. notes or mm-hmm. whatever. But I do think it's interesting because I have, I have before, when you have experienced that manifest presence where you feel God yeah. in a unique way. Yeah. Of course you want to chase it. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yes. (laughs) It's amazing. But there is a danger to chasing a feeling. That's true. Yes. Because he is with us and loves us and is um, available for us, whether we feel him or whether we don't. Right. And so I just like to make sure and say that because there's a danger to chasing that feeling mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. of the high, if you will, yeah. of feeling his presence, um, because that's not always available. No, no. And it's not always how he's going to show up. Exactly. And some of the best lessons come through hard times right. and suffering and not feeling him um, and just continuing to trust. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted that's to really say good. That. No, that is good. And... I, you know, I was like, what do I share having not been to Asbury? Because mm. there's people even listening that might have been or true that have opinions about it. Um, but the theme that I saw, whether people actually used this word or just were painting this sentiment, was just pure. Yeah. I mean, I was... 100%. That's every what post, I'm hearing. You know, whether it be really short or, like, really, really, really long. A lot of people had, like, a, you know, they could not sum it up well. Like, it's just like, whoa. But I really loved what our friend Rachel Tucker wrote. She said, if I could explain it in a picture, I imagine sitting at a dear friend's kitchen table over a coffee where you feel safe, seen, and encouraged. No words have to be spoken because you are known. But just the presence of one another brings joy and comfort. It was like sitting with the father, a good, good father. Oh, wow. And that was kind of the theme I, in not so eloquent of words that I was seeing, just people feeling seen or just touched. It wasn't, you know, loud or wildly like, you know. Just, though there was some things. I'm sure there were moves that though. happened. Yeah. But um, I like that. Yeah. And then, of course, just the component of the young people is exciting. Mm-hmm. The emphasis. Loved that so much. On- you know, as when the crowds got huge, mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably already know this. They, If you were 16 to 25, you automatically got to go into Hughes to Auditorium. Front. Yes. If you were not, <laughs> there's sections in the back and in the balcony. Yeah. And you had to wait sometimes yeah. for four hours. Oh, or or longer. Or maybe and longer. And it was like that cold, was the longest icy. I heard. It was like 
frigid outside. So that was to me such a cool piece of it too. Of yeah. like, hey, this started with this age group and it's for this age group, but we welcome everybody. Yes. But this is, yeah. we're bringing you yeah. straight in yeah. if you're in that age group. So I have quote after quote, but I'm not going to read more of what friends of ours experienced there. But I did want to share this because it just blows my mind the way God will use anybody. <laughs> So the reverend um, that was giving the message that kind of facilitated this because they do chapel three times a week and this was just Wednesday chapel. Right. And it's probably not mandatory, but I'm guessing like a lot of Christian universities, they have to go to so many chapels per semester, probably. So they've all hit their number. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) He left and felt it didn't go well. Mm. He left the pulpit dejected and actually texted his wife, latest stinker, I'll be home soon. Whoa. He told a friend he was sure he had totally whiffed, those are his words, the sermon. Wow. (laughs) Can you imagine? That reminds me of, you know, in my weakness, God is strong. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so true when we just show up in our weakness and we don't even always think it was good. That's when God gets to show off and shine. Yeah. It's when we think we have it all together. Exactly. He can't. Exactly. There's no no room for him. There's no room. It's all puffed up us. Yeah. (laughs) So our friend Rachel that I quoted just a minute ago, she had a great sort of posed question, which is, so what now? Mm. Right? They're sort of um, tapering off services up at Asbury to try and keep crowd control. And they're moving things completely off campus. And, you know, the, the schedule and structure Um, has changed and will continue to change but our friend Rachel said this um, let us be known by our humility knowing that the one we carry with us has all authority and we simply get to let his light display all displace excuse me not display displace all darkness wherever Mm -hmm. we go May it start with patience kindness joy faithfulness love self-control gentleness, peace, and goodness. Let it start with us. Love it. I love it. Well, and those are the fruits that you expect to see, right? Yep. When when there has been a move of God. It yep. shouldn't just be goosebumps and then back to the norm. Yeah, exactly. Because where he goes, things are different. Exactly. So, And we really shouldn't be surprised as darkness increases, light increases. So may there be more and more and more light mm-hmm. breaking out on campuses and in Bible studies and in old people's gatherings and young people's gatherings. Yeah. I yeah. just want to see it's so refreshing. the Lord just shine. Yes, it is. It's going to stay increase mm-hmm. and increase. So, That's right. Yeah. Love that. Well, we hope this encouraged you all, and if you are getting life from this podcast, we hope that you'll share it with a friend or two that would also enjoy the show. Give them a text or shoot them a message um, and just share the show link with them. So, Yeah. Have a great week, and peace be with y'all.